Welcome back into JP's Basement. Draft Draft is live on location, I guess, since I will put it this time. I was cruising through Lansing, and I said, hey, bud, how about we actually do a podcast at your place, which ended up with us having a few beverages last night, which has turned us into um, the aftermath of what happens when you have too many drafts and crafts. It's going to be a fun day, JP. Yeah, I attempted to start this podcast from a cot behind me, but it didn't, it didn't work. You may have been... Dan little, made me get in a chair. A little too eager to nap, is what you're saying? Yes. Uh-huh. Well, we'll get through the show. Hopefully, uh, you won't hear too much of uh, of us trying to struggle through it. And you might hear a little bit of dog in the background, too, because always hiding in the cage and Zala's somewhere else or vice versa. Point is, you may see some little scratcher scratcher on the ground, and that'll just be kind of how things go. But today, we're going to be going through uh, the next leg of our trip through all of the NFL divisions as we talk about what came out of mini camps and some of the rookie news and notes and injuries and stuff like that and so we did the afc uh east or north and south last time we're doing afc east and west today so we should probably start off with your favorite team in the afc whoa if anything's going to spark some life in me from yesterday we got to lead off with the NBA draft here. Oh, we're going to start with that okay we have to i was going to come back to that later no i can't this is draft draft This is DraftCraft, and we talk about about drafts. Pistons killed it. (laughs) The analogy I have, excuse me, is when you, 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 I'm sure everybody who listens to this podcast has probably seen the movie Draft Day. Mm. It's a a fun movie. I watch Mm -hmm. it annually when it gets to be the NFL draft time. (laughs) But even I watch this movie, and I go, you know, it's fun, it's cool, but it's kind of unrealistic. Like, what are the odds you go get, like, your top two guys? Troy Weaver, just the Pistons GM, for those who don't know, just made this movie a reality. I can no longer watch this movie and <laughs> say it's completely unrealistic because Troy Weaver basically pulled this off. Pistons get Jaden Ivey, mm-hmm. Jalen Duran. I still don't even know uh, how that trade worked out. Well, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Because I feel like the Pistons just got everything and nobody else got anything, and it didn't cost them anything, really. Finish waxing poetic about the Pistons, then we'll explore that Well, point. I can't just spend all my time with the Pistons. I mean, it was good. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to call out <laughs> that uh, I think I predicted the Pistons would also try to potentially trade Jeremy Grant. Mm-hmm. Only I said it would be the seventh pick with Portland right. and somehow get Jalen Duran. Mm-hmm. Just so happened to be the 13th pick with Charlotte. Right, and New York, yeah. which is the bonkers part of this whole thing. So yeah. what Detroit did was they're making good use of all of that cap space that they have by basically saying, hey, you know what, we'll help you out. Give us a guy that costs you, that gives you really some money for you, but gives a draft pick in the process. And that's what happened with New York with that 13th pick. Basically, the New York gave the 13th pick and Kemba Walker to Detroit so that they could get money together uh, to go after Jalen Brunson. But Kemba only cleared like nine mil. Yeah, and that put them in better shape for Brunson. They needed to clear Kemba. They needed to clear some other guys. Put it this way, New York is once again putting all their chips in the this free agent is going to sign here basket. And the last time they tried that, and the time before that, and the time before that, and maybe not the other time, but the other time before that, it didn't work. So the Pistons are only too happy to help teams out that are trying to make yeah. bad choices for themselves. And so that worked out really well for Detroit, not so much for New York. That was one of the other observations is New York had multiple opportunities to pick a player in the first round, and they passed on all of them largely because of trying to get Brunson. And so once again, the Knicks' ridiculousness uh, takes people by surprise. And the best moment of the draft for me from a, a schadenfreude standpoint was Stephen A. Smith with his head oh, in his hands. fantastic. Just so sad about and so bewildered and so uh, just just thrown off by what the Knicks were or weren't doing. So that was one of my great notes. Another one uh, is uh, my pick that uh, I made. 
for the number whoa, two whoa, spot. Whoa, whoa. At that least I gotta start with at least happen. I was right about the first pick. You were right about the first pick. You did. You were one of the guys that uh, should have apparently made a bet on uh, DraftKings and, and totally killed the sports books because they got demolished when Paolo Banchero went one instead of Jabari Smith. And of course, the uh, Rockets are happy that Smith is with them now because I don't think they had any <laughs> dream think? that they were going to get him. But at number two, which is why we have a beer cracked open that we have for this to taste. podcast. Is because Chet Holmgren went number two, and now I got a beer for free. He shouldn't have. <laughs> so we are now drinking the Big Bad Baptist. But before we get into taste uh-huh. this, there's one more thing I got to say about the NBA draft. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Sacramento. Right to the Sacramento Kings. Always drafting somebody they shouldn't. Oh my goodness. That was a cheers of us tasting Ooh. this Big Bad Baptist of me cashing out the mm-hmm. bet. Now that's. Pr- a lot of sweetness. There's a lot of sweet and fruit going on in that Imperial Stout. I don't but taste much of the Imperial. Very easy. It is easy. With a tiny hint of the alcohol on the back end, like it's so, there's a little bit of that that smolder on the back end of it. It's not a burn because uh, this is like 11%. So yes. we're going to slow roll this one. Yeah. And what I will point out, though, is we were supposed to cash out the bet. You said you wanted an epic Big Bad Baptist, the peanut, the peanut butter, butter one. Yeah. They did not have that. So we've got uh, we went jelly because I can't remember. It's called the Double Jam. Mm-hmm. Imperial Stout aged in whiskey barrels with coffee, cocoa, raspberries, and blackberries. Mm-hmm. And it was either going to be that or the mint one. The chocolate mint. But we saw a lot more of the chocolate mint in stock and figured, okay, cool, we can come back to that if we need to. But Correct. this guy is is big and bold, and uh, I'll be sipping on it slow. We'll probably talk a little more we about a better sipping. better take later once I get through it. Right. We'll uh, we'll talk a little more about sipping later. But, yeah, so uh, because Chet Holmgren went number two, I win the bet. Which I, The reason why I'm harping on this is I don't win hardly any bets against JP. So when I actually do win one, i got to be a little happy about it. And I didn't have much confidence in it, but enough to make a bet. Well, okay, again, you had the. we should have made something about just the first pick, and you would have you gotten something out of it. But at any rate. And um, the fact that the Pistons would have traded somehow and gotten Durham. Right, exactly. You could have uh, you could have taken me for a lot, and it would have been very sad for me again. But at any rate, the uh, with uh, Holmgren going to that means that now Oklahoma City has two of the tallest, skinniest players in the NBA. So I'm very curious to thin see towers. the thin towers and how they play out uh, next year. And also, Sam Presti started finally moving around some of his draft picks, so they ended up with Holmgren, and then they also. Uh, grabbed a couple of different players later in the first round and really made some some moves to put themselves in position with taking Osmane Dieng, who's a guy that I talked about that a lot of people are thinking would be later, maybe not quite in the lottery. They grabbed him at 11. Uh, he's a six foot ten forward who's got great ball handling but not great shooting, and so that's going to be you know an interesting question. And then they also took two different guys named Jalen Williams. One guy straight, J-A-L-E-N, another one, J-A-Y-L-I-N. So I'm not sure how they're going to do that on jerseys. Maybe they'll just, instead of using Williams for their last name in the jersey, they'll put their first names in the jersey. But should be entertaining. And it looks like uh, there's going to be, like, the Thunder are going to be one of those teams that they may not be great next year, but they're going to be fun to watch. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I, one of the other takeaways before we move on from the NBA draft, though, like, were you, I, I'm shocked, but I'm not shocked. Were you, mm-hmm. were you shocked that? Shaden Sharp slid a little bit? Not completely, because, again, we've talked yeah, about a guy. Played. No tape. Exactly, and that's the thing. That's the, the, the toss-up. The, the guy that I was uh, a bit surprised to see slip uh, was one of the guys from the the G League, kind of the, the guy who basically ended up sitting in the, the green room the longest, uh, and that was uh, was Hardy. And so that Jaden Hardy basically ended up going 37 instead of, like, 
towards the top five like he was projected at the beginning of the season. Because he played for the G League, and there's the question mark of, is the G League a viable path for guys trying to not do college or not go overseas because you're playing against older players, which should theoretically make you better, but it also means you may not have as pretty of tape. So you've got one side of the spectrum, Shade and Sharp, and this is this year, it's a very small sample size, but on one side of the spectrum, Shade and Sharp, who didn't play, went seven. And then another guy, Jaden Hardy, did play, went 37. So is this going to be... an Aaron Rodgers moment and just hung out in the green room. Right, exactly. So is this going to... Didn't look nearly as upset, though. Well, Aaron Rodgers has a great resting something face. Uh, And so (laughs) the question going forward, though, is will you see more guys go the G League and developmentally route knowing that they might not have as good a tape and therefore hurt their draft stock, or are they gonna? is this going to push guys more to college, especially now with the NIL stuff? And so that's going to be something to check on in the NBA. And if the NFL ever gets a developmental league off the ground, uh, we'll, we'll have to have that conversation there as well. But now it's time for us to move on to the NFL draft. We'll see how our NBA takes happen as we go you know, later on into the season. But uh, we got to start off with the AFC East and with the New England Patriots because, you know, we both like the Pats. We might as well start off and talk about Bill Belichick and his wizardry. Well, first question, it's kind of New England related. Mm-hmm. Is Gronk done? Maybe. Doesn't he I could do see this Gronk, all the time? I could see Gronk pulling like a Roger Clemens thing where he like holds out half the season and then comes back when he feels like it to kick yeah. it on into the playoffs. Like if, if Tampa Bay is like five and three or better halfway through the season, Gronk comes back, kicks it on in. Yeah. Not even. <laughs> we don't have to spend much time on that. I just had to ask because uh-huh. I feel like he like he's not he doesn't want to practice. He's not doing training camps. No, but he wants to play. Yeah. He just so wants to play in the game. He's just gonna pop on in there halfway through the he'll season. He'll just like get an Uber to the stadium after the first quarter. <laughs> My Kick it goodness. on in. And the Red Unis are back, and Tommy's apparently a little upset about that. That was great. But his gif he sent out to, like, with Jim Carrey, was yep. that it was from Liar Liar? Liar Come Liar. on! Mm-hmm. Oh, that's funny. But anyhow. Hey, look, we'll just get Tommy into creamsicles. Oh, <laughs> dude. Now I, you, you just broke my whole train of thought. <laughs> the hamster fell off the wheel there, if you will. Get back on. Let's go. Man. All what right, what so, happened out of the Patriots training camp? Well, I mean... The same thing that always happens. Bill Belichick doesn't seem to play many and always cancels the last week. That right. happened. Mm-hmm. But I'd, I guess I'm going to well, – how's the saying go? I'm going to eat crow here. <laughs> the whole world, I guess, is going to eat crow. Mm-hmm. Cole Strange is he's, – he's doing very well. <laughs> very, very well. And something I – you know, we all knew he was uber athletic coming sure. out of there. Maybe that's why it took him. He had that raw score of like 9.95, mm-hmm. called a 10 out of 10, okay? Mm-hmm. But uh, I read a little bit about it. You know, since 1987, he's the seventh most athletic interior offensive lineman Jeez. to enter the draft. There's been some guys that have been some names. Yes. That have been interior offensive linemen, so that's impressive. Seven out of 1,289. That's a good number to be at. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Pierce so Old you... World may be eating crow on that. but uh, are, you, are you saying that Bill Belichick might have might have known what he was doing? I guess he did. We'll see. It appears so. So, Cole Strange killing it. His run blocking, I guess, is very, very good. But, mm-hmm. like I said, his athletic ability is crazy right. for an interior offensive lineman. Um, also, Jack Jones, another rookie. Mm-hmm. He's he's pushing pushing for a starter job, man. Nice. The way it looks like he's going, he's Arizona Sun Devil, right? Little Herm Edwards mm-hmm. protege, if you will. Yep. Yeah. Um, also, Kyle Duggar. I got to bring up Kyle Duggar. So mm-hmm. he was drafted the previous year. He he's still doing Kyle Duggar things. He's playing well. <laughs> but what I didn't know, and unless I 
remembering this incorrectly. Mm-hmm. Kyle Duggar, sophomore player. Mm-hmm. How old is he? Um, that's a good question. He's 26. He's 26 years Let's old. Just look that up. <laughs> what the heck? Guy's almost a coach. Uh, but yeah, well, you know, while we're on sophomore players, also uh, Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. So come on, like when I saw this little bit. Mm-hmm. People in the Patriots organization are saying that he reminds them of Tom Brady. Like, how long is this mm-hmm. going to go? Like, I get it, Tom Brady in his saggy white T-shirt mm-hmm. at the Combine and Mac Jones, no T-shirt, no muscle definition. Looks like a little squishy boy. Yeah, smoking a cigar mm-hmm. every day, and they're like, oh, it's the same guy. Yeah, like, this this joke's got to go. Mm-hmm. But Mac Jones, nonetheless, is still playing very well. Still looks to be the best quarterback out of that class at this point, mm-hmm. which is shocking. <laughs> Hey, all I know is apparently Mac Jones did trim down a bit over the course of the uh, the season, the off season. It looks like he's lost a little bit of that uh, beer and cigar belly. So maybe he's getting closer to Tommy. To be determined. That, state, uh, that so. statement still makes me sick just yeah. to hear it. <laughs> uh, a little bit of veteran talk though. Um, like it seems to be like the the it's mainly the defense. So I almost say the offense. The defense. They've got this vibe about them, you know, like because I was watching some clips and the players are all talking about mm-hmm. it. Like nobody wants to be labeled at a position. Fun. They've got this positionless like defense that they're all buying into. <laughs> like they're like, no, oh, I'm not. I'm not just safety. I'm not just. I'll put. You know, I'll play linebacker. I'll play corner. I'll play safety. Like, so you're telling me that uh, Christian Barmore is going to drop back into coverage? I don't know. <laughs> they, they seem to be buying into it. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> on the offense side of the ball, though, D- Damian Harris and. Uh, Stevenson, I mm-hmm. mean, the running, I mean, you know, New England, New England does this RBBC, but right. those guys are all looking really good. But Damian Harris was cracking me up. The highlights I was watching, dude, no matter what happens, like, even if he gets tackled, he gets up and he takes to the end zone. <laughs> I like, like that. Every think... single rep has to end in the end zone. It's a good spot to and be. He'll go 60 yards down the field just to get in the damn end zone. Hey, look, that gives him too much stamina. It. I love it. Take it. But on uh, a negative, though, man, like, nobody's catching anything. I feel bad for Mac Jones. Like, mm-hmm. at least what I had seen, again, you know, we won't beat this into the ground, but obviously we can't go watch the OTAs, and it's not like you can just watch OTAs on TV either. Not yet. So it's like seeing what you can see on, on like, YouTube, if you mm-hmm. will. But, yeah, nobody's catching the ball, man. Which Everything's is, getting dropped. Which is tough. Yeah. Um, the good news is, though, is there's, there's no injury uh, news other than maybe Andrews, who's still recovering from the, the shoulder surgery. Right. Shoulder surgery, right? Yeah. Mm. Yep. They converted a little bit of cap with him. But, yeah, I mean, that pretty much sums it up for New England. Well, that's good. And uh, that's obviously positive given the question marks people were having for New England coming out of the draft and what were they doing with Cole Strange. Well, apparently they knew what they were doing. Now, I do think he probably still would have. It's one of those things where Belichick drafted him in the first because he didn't think he'd be there in the second. I think he still would have. But at the same time, you got your guy. You got your guy. It appears to be a good pick, right? And then, but we did kind of say that, like after mm-hmm. I poked a lot of fun at this pick, I was mm-hmm. like, "Watch though, this is because yeah. it's gonna I'm, we're gonna look like idiots." Yeah, Bill just knows certain things. So, and it wasn't wide receiver, so Bill's fine. <laughs> yes, moving it across the dropping, <laughs> right? <laughs> moving across the uh, the northeast to Buffalo and the Bills, they have got uh, some notes from their camp, Gabe Davis. We've talked about Gabriel Davis, maybe one of the reasons why the Bills didn't feel the need to grab a wide receiver. I mean, based on the last game we've seen of him, right. I get it. Well, apparently he's shown out in camp as well. He's absolutely looking the part of a guy who's going to be the number two dude behind Stephon Diggs. He's 
running routes really well. He's catching the stuff that's coming near him. It's awesome. Another guy who's catching stuff coming near him from a rookie standpoint, Gary Elam, who you loved. Mm-hmm. Apparently so did the Bills. Yep. He's picking off Josh Allen. He's staying Rude. with guys. No, it's okay, though. It's it's I camp. I mean, Josh is but happy. You, Josh is my guy. Bless Josh. Josh throws some picks. It's okay. But Isaiah McKenzie is a guy that's trying to step up as well from the receiver position. Uh, he basically wants to be Cole Beasley, and he's been trying to work at it and spend time with, uh, Cole's with Josh Allen. Cole's a solid, Allen. like, just role player wide receiver. is not right. going to let you down a lot. Exactly. He's been hanging with Josh Allen, trying to find ways to fit into that uh, that box. And uh, another guy who's not a rookie, but a guy that we both liked when he came out, we kind of on the lines to take, was Ed Oliver. Ugh. Yes. And Ed Oliver. But I'm, we did like Ed Oliver a lot, but mm-hmm. we were still very much on the, the Hawkinson train. Right, too. right. Yeah, I mean, I, if, I wouldn't have been – I wasn't. that wasn't an upset thing that they took Hawkinson, but it was like, oh. I'm that was like, the same draft, right? I'm yeah. not crazy. I would okay. have liked to have Oliver as well. Uh, but, yeah, Oliver is learning what uh, Aaron Donald learned last year, that when you play with Von Miller, a lot more space opens up. And so he's really happy right now as the undersized defensive tackle who's going to be able to go gangbusters probably this year. He should have – a really good season just because he's got, you know, uh, he's got him, uh, Miller, taking away some of the stuff on his side. And A.J. Epinesa is also getting some love uh, with that setup. So that basically putting Von Miller on the team apparently has helped the pass rush for the Bills. Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah, go figure. And, again, Vaughn in there as well. As far as the injury news, though, uh, Tredavious White's still recovering from the ACL. He's kind of the big no- note there. They expect him to be ready more or less for the regular season. Not sure exactly when he's going to get into training camp, but that pretty much covers it. The Bills have got some excitement coming their way. Uh, and the big thing is it looks like Josh Allen's going to be very happy with his pass catchers. It's a different story from the New England camp. Yes. <laughs> uh, should we go right into the South Beach? I believe you shall. Go ahead. All right. Let's take it to Miami. Miami, you know, this was an int- this was a very fun one to, like, dive into. Mm-hmm. Now, fair warning, um, there wasn't a lot of news, okay? <laughs> I don't know. You know, and I'll just skip. Like, it's, we'll go to, like, the almost injury thing. Like, mm-hmm. there's no injury news there because I don't feel like anybody's practicing. <laughs> I feel Miami. like the only thing that's coming out of South Beach is, like, goofy social media things. Which seems fitting for Miami as well. Yeah, they, they, they've done a couple segments now, and I, I might mess up what they were, but there was one where, I don't know, they're calling one like the, the, the camp series or camp questions mm-hmm. or something, and there's like internet questions or mini mics or something. Sure, but, yeah. Yeah, mini mics was one of them. I think the mini mic was the one where they're talking about like who's the best dressed on the team. Right. Starts out like with everybody like, Saying some old linemen, which really cracks me up. Hey, big man. But, um, big man can dress well. Quickly transitions into everybody to say, well, me. You're right. But yeah. if I, had, you know, the name that I heard the most was Christian Wilkins. So if I had to bet That's not fun. knowing Christian Wilkins, a big D tackle out of Clemson, he might be the best dressed guy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and there was another one. I forget what the other questions were. You were listening to them. Mm-hmm. To him as well. Well, what the one was, the was and the, I don't know the questions, but they had the one where they tried to pronounce the hometown. Oh, the hometown one. That was hilarious <laughs> for Javon Hollins. I don't mm-hmm. even know what it is. It's British Columbia, but what was it? Com- oh, geez. I got to Com- look that up. Quit- See, I can't do it. Co- <laughs> Coquitlam or something? Well, well, we'll come back to that in a second. Continue. I sound just as dumb as they do. Yeah. Shoot, dang. Uh, <laughs> rookies, there wasn't a whole lot of news from the rookies either. I'm just going to call him EE. Mm-hmm. That's Eric. I can't say his last name. The okay. wide receiver. 
Dude's making some catches. Sounds is like everybody can apparently catch. Yeah. Eric is a kind of Yeah. Sounds like everybody can catch in the AFC East except mm-hmm. for the Patriots. Hmm. Sorry, Mac. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, that was really it. I didn't hear a whole lot of rookie news. He's he's making a lot of plays. So I look, nice. Curious to see what he does. Um, you have to figure out how to say his name then. This is E. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I, Talking about the catches, you know, sophomore player Waddle, he's just continuing mm-hmm. to, to do his thing. So it, it, it takes me right into even some vet talk. But man, is Tua gonna have some weapons there or what? Because now I'm gonna get rid of get right into Tyreek Hill. We mm-hmm. talked about Waddle and EE. Mm-hmm. I mean, he it, get, and then I think I'm gonna talk about Gesicki and maybe even Durham Smythe. Durham <laughs> Smythe, how do you say it? Smith or Smythe? Smythe. Smythes. He's like the unsung hero there. Like so, he's got some catch, pass catchers, is what I'm getting at. But um, another big thing I was gonna talk about is Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. Kind of, I was, you know, there's some good, you know, I'll start like he <laughs> he uh, was explaining his story and the reason why he plays football. Okay, clearly you can see there wasn't much practice going on because <laughs> right. nothing. That's what I'm getting at. Nothing yeah. related to practice. It's all like getting to know these people. It's really weird. Uh, but he plays football for money. Yeah, amazing. Which, when I read that headline, I was like, "Damn, that's int- that, that's a strange take." Mm-hmm. I would have guessed that. But then you read his story, man. It kind of makes sense. I totally get it now. He opens up about his family and not, you know, like being in houses, not right. even having electricity and this and that, promising his mom that she'd never have to live like that again. So, it, like, mm-hmm. you read the headline and you feel some type of way, and then you read the story. I'm like, that's fantastic. Because what it is is he's playing for money. But not for him. Correct. Money for the people that matter yeah. to him. Yep. So that was, that was an awesome story to hear. And then it quickly went sad because uh, he made a bold comment saying that Tua was more accurate than Mahomes. Yeah. And apparently he says that was misunderstood, and he never really explained what <laughs> angle he was taking. But the the mm-hmm. crazy thing from the fans is he's getting death threats for this. Yeah, that stuff annoys me. Like, the come on, like chill. just let the guy have an opinion. Who cares? And also, this thing too is like, be consistent. If you're gonna do the death threats now, don't be cheering him when he's making great plays for it in a few weeks. Jeez. You know, but and it's that's like, me being facetious. But guys, just, just stop. Be, just be realistic and know that you're gonna defend whoever your current quarterback is. Right. Exactly. No matter what happens. Yeah. Like, we all know Mahomes is way better than Tua. How do we know Tyreek's just not trying to get some confidence in the game? Right, exactly. Like, yeah, and uh, again, this threat, is, that's right. ridiculous. This is Tua's year to make it or break it for oh, yeah. him. Well, too, like so. I said, he's got some weapons. Because yep. Gasicki, you know, Gasicki's mm-hmm. doing Gasicki-like things. But, uh, so a question for you before we move on. Mm-hmm. When I was looking into this, I did see a poll for the nation here. I don't know where I read the poll. might have been like something on Bleach Report. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Rank the running back backfields in the AFC East. Oh, I can tell you who's on each team if you're curious. No, no, I'm I'm thinking of them. I'm it really because like the Jets have got the upside with the rookies, but they're probably fourth. And then I'd put because mm. the way the nation ranked it, I feel like I'm like if you flipped it, I'm, I'm gonna go. Opposite. I'm gonna. This is just you know me looking at depth charts really quick. I'm gonna go. Um, Jets four, Bills three, Dolphins two, Patriots one. Okay, so you and I are a little closer than Nation. Nation <laughs> has Miami at one. Oh, because they see all the names on there. The names they're like injury prone, like yep. free agents who are just middle. It's Edmonds and Mostert. Mm-hmm. How they got they... Sony as well, dude. <laughs> 
How are they number? I put them at four. No, I no, put them at the dead last for running back. So either way, I'll just rip through this quick. Sure. So the nation puts Miami at one, New England at two, the Jets at three, Buffalo at four. Me personally, one could be a bias, but Damien Harris and Stevenson, yeah. come on, like. I and don't, don't forget, they still have White, and they've got other guys too. Yeah. Is this is why? Wait, I thought James White didn't he sign with like the Bucks? I thought I saw him on uh, our lads at least for the death charts, so maybe yeah. maybe I got to look through that. I trust, anyway. I trust myself. So number two, I put uh, I got I got Singletary and Cook, and I believe Zach Moss is still there too. But so Buffalo's it. got some good running backs. Three, I got the Jets with Carter and Hall, but then Mostert and Edmonds. Mostert and Edmonds are that. That's not the best <laughs> backfield. No. Maybe this poll was just for like on the Dolphins fans' website. Uh, well, or sure. Stream or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> you got to remember, it's like those uh, those polls that come out in politics and be like this guy's winning who made, who did that poll our team yeah that's exactly <laughs> what it feels like there's no way they're the best backfield in that division yeah it does look like james white is still with new england no so, well, so that strengthens my exactly. argument for number one anyway oh from injury, i remember but... what it was because didn't the bucks draft the running back who they're strongly comparing to james yeah. white why am i drawing a blank on his name that's embarrassing we'll get to him next week yes we will uh also javon holland it looks like it's coquitlam Quitlin. Or Coquitlam, some combination of that, depending where you put the uh, emphasis. But it's pretty clear that the entire team looked at that and said, what? That, well, there was, <laughs> I forget who it was, but one guy goes, yeah, I'm not saying that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even give it a go. All right, let's wrap up the uh, the AFC East with the team that neither of us want to talk about. And that is the New England, or New England, New York slash New Jersey. Blasphemy. <laughs> Absolute yes. blasphemy. I almost choked on this big bad Baptist right there, Dan. <laughs> what it is. You is... say New England. I'm not even going to say it. I can't say it. I was in the you middle. You can't say that city with that nickname. Fair. I was in the middle of trying to say uh, Sorry, New York, New, New Jersey. Fans. Right. I'll get him later. I was in the middle one. of trying to say New York, New Jersey, and I just sort of bleh into the wrong spot. But yes. The guy, the team that doesn't really play in New York, but I guess they live in New York. Who knows? But the Jets. So mad at you. <laughs> well, we'll try to blast through the Jets pretty quick, so you can uh, we can move on and you can talk about something else. But my goodness, when you talk about rookies for the Jets, Garrett Wilson showing out like they expected he would. Same thing with Sauce Gardner. He has been exactly what they expected he would be. So believe it or not, their first two picks, which they took in the first you know ten, twelve picks, they look like they're panning out all right for him. So that's a good start. Uh, I haven't heard as much from Jermaine Johnson. It seems like he's still kind of learning his way at the position they're trying to put him at at defensive end. So he's definitely someone that, while they took him in the first round, I don't think they're expecting as much out of him this year. And everybody's on the Brees Hall train. Like right now, there's uh, some of the things that I've seen is like Brees Hall is Batman and Michael Carter, who's still there and still a big presence, is going to be Robinson. It doesn't matter because Raheem Mostert and Chase Edmonds are way better. Well, I mean, hey, look look what the nation has to say about that. But, yeah, so Carter, talking about sophomore guys, uh, is definitely looking very solid and very happy to have somebody else in the backfield because, again, Brees Hall is the the sledgehammer and Carter can dance around and uh, catch passes out of the backfield and all that jazz too. And then the other main sophomore that one is talking about right now is obviously Zach Wilson and whether or not Wilson's coming back and having a better year this year after a, a tough rookie season. Didn't you say he put on some LBs they, they in got a good him, way? They got him up to I 221 think. now. So he's uh, he's probably a good, like, 15, maybe 10, 15 pounds heavier than he was. How did they refer to him? Like, they referred to him as beefy and thick, which is not mm-hmm. what you usually associate with your quarterback, Mm-mm. at least not in a complimentary way. I think mm-hmm. the last quarterback that got labeled as beefy and thick was Jared Lorenzen. <laughs> Those of you who remember him, he was a 300-pounder 
How can you remember that guy's name, but you can't get the city and nickname? How do you? Because I wasn't I'm trying. Still to, not over this. Clearly. I wasn't trying to go with Jared Leto or something. It was just Jared Lorenzen. So that's uh, that's something we'll we'll deal with later. Carl Lawson is finally back on the field for the Jets, which is something that they're very happy about having him in there. And the interesting throwdown for the offensive line is going to be between George Fant and Mackay Becton, who's coming back from an injury as well. So one of those two guys is probably going to start at left tackle. The question is, I don't know if they think Becton is the left tackle, if, if Fant can play right tackle. So that's going to be something they're going to have to figure out. But uh, that's that's kind of my notes for the Jets because it's the Jets, and apparently I don't know where they're from. <laughs> so rude. So rude. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about on these New no. York Jets? Okay. <laughs> let's go Let's go out west and uh, change the subject for me. You know, I'm going to throw out an apology right now, but, I mean, it's especially for, like, the rookie news. But the two mm-hmm. teams I'm talking about in the West, they didn't have, like, any – they didn't have any first round – I don't even know if either team even had a second-round <laughs> pick, did they? they uh, they've been doing some drafting, uh, some draft day, you know, mixing up with yeah. picks and things. Well, I mean, but they got Devonta Adams, so we'll start with the There's Raiders that. then, I guess. Uh, man, I almost just want to talk about my boy Josh McDaniels here, mm-hmm. man. He's holding the team accountable for mistakes. He's got nice, but the team's essentially holding. That's that's you know that's my biggest takeaway from what I've seen from the Raiders. Mm-hmm. He's instilled some sort of philosophy where the team holds themselves accountable. If that's they make great. a mistake, they all just get together and run a lap on the mm-hmm. field or something like that. Yeah, that kind like of he doesn't have to say it anymore. Like if they do something dumb and see the look on his face, they just start doing nice. something to like, yeah, okay, right. We're going to do this. So I'll, I'll be curious to see if finally a uh, uh, Bill Belichick protege amounts to anything. In round without two. Without Bill. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, this is the second time mm-hmm. around. But if you think about it, Bill failed miserably in his first <laughs> go with the Browns, too. In Bill's defense, it was the Browns. And Not he did fair. have one good season. That's fair. I'll give you that. Uh, rookies, though, like I said, they didn't, obviously didn't have any high picks, so mm-hmm. these players aren't even expected to really make a huge impact. But cornerback, nope, he's not. That's a second-year guy. I'll save that for a second. I know <laughs> their first pick, though, uh, the Dylan uh, Parham guy, yep. the interior lineman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget who their starting center is, but uh, basically what I'm getting asked, their starting center, who I'm drawing a blank on his Andre name. James. He might end up being a guard. Well, there you go, then. Because Dylan is crushing it. <laughs> So he, they just said this kid just is a sponge. Nice. Anything they throw at him, he learns it like immediately, and mm-hmm. he just keeps like craving more, just mm-hmm. asking for more, 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 and nice. he backs it up with good play on the field. That's the kind of guy so you want. I get based on what I've seen so far early in the process, could almost guarantee this third round pick's gonna be a starter. There you go. And it's probably gonna be displacing a vet. Uh, sophomore news, like I said, again, I don't have a whole lot of news on the sophomore players because, mm-hmm. unfortunately, you know, my guy, Mike Mayock, hmm. um, made some questionable draft picks. But the guy I wanted to talk about a few minutes ago, Nate Hobbs, I mm-hmm. believe he's a sophomore player. You might have to fact check yep. me there. Uh, he's absolutely killing it. Nice. Crazy thing is, is, like, he's a cornerback, mm-hmm. but he's been killing it at, like, cornerback and safety. Like, mm-hmm. either way, like, Sounds like he's going to be a starter for sure, and they're just going to plug mm-hmm. and play him wherever they need him. Our lads actually hasn't listed as Nickelback. That's because they don't well, want there, to there you go. choose either on him. Now, the crazy thing is, though, is it, his biggest strength or the way he's been killing it is his, like, crazy um, athleticism. Like, the dude's – he's an athlete, uh, and he's super eager. Like, he, he's just ready to go. But you need that. We'll see. The athlete makes me think court, corner. The mm-hmm. aggressive eagerness makes me think safety. Maybe that's exactly why he's doing what he's doing. 
There you go. Um, as far as some veteran news, um, it just sounds pretty much like for the most part the new coaching regime there is just trying to get the most out of these players like mm -hmm. that didn't pan out. You know, your Cleveland Farrell, your Alex Leatherwood, but Jesus Leatherwood, they moved <laughs> him inside too. He mm -hmm. he's not even he's a first round pick. He's not even playing. That tackle spot he's anymore. He's currently listed on our lads as their starting right tackle, but it would not surprise me in the least yeah. if he's moved around by the time the season starts. Yeah, I think he might end up getting bumped. Then obviously, you no know, Devontae Adams, you know. Mm -hmm. Again, so you know what? I got to bring this up. <laughs> so Tyreek Hill's getting death threats for saying that Tua was mm -hmm. more accurate than Mahomes, right. but like Devontae Adams goes out and says Carr isn't all that different than Aaron Rodgers. I didn't hear any backlash on that. I think because it wasn't an insult. It's like people people can I look at – well, because here's the thing. He, it's not like because uh, in the case of Hill, it's like Tua is better than the golden boy of the NFL right now. Whereas saying that Derek Carr isn't almost, that I, different from – I almost puked a little more. I know. I'm just saying what people are saying. Uh, but Derek, saying Derek Carr isn't that different from Aaron Rodgers, you're not going to need a death threat. That, for that comment, people are like, <laughs> okay, and then you move on because that's generally the thought process. Plus, Derek Carr is not as bad as people want to make him out to be. He's not necessarily a top five quarterback. He's probably pushing top ten depending on the year and what he's doing, and it'll be fun to see him this year with a guy like Devontae Adams if that's going to raise his ceiling too. Last thing I'll say about the uh... – the Raiders, I don't. I didn't really see anything for injury news. There's nothing mm -hmm. relevant there. But uh, rumors are Dominican Sue mm. on the Raiders. The only reason I feel Ooh. like bringing up a rumor like that is, is doesn't Sue just seem like a Raider? Yep. What, like he just look, he would look right in silver and black. Yeah, but it's just like his edgy mm -hmm. dirtiness, like aggressiveness, whatever you want right. to call it. Depending but, on whose team he's playing on, you yeah, use different words. Yeah, but it, he seems like a Raider. Right. I want him to come back to the Bucks, but mm -hmm. I'm not going to be mad. You know who doesn't seem like a Raider? Who? Is their seventh-round draft pick that I want to pan out just because I love the name? Thayer Munford Jr. He sounds like he should be a hedge fund manager, but he's a tackle. So Thayer Munford, best of luck, buddy. I'm rooting for you. <laughs> That'll take uh, me to my other teams, or my first team, rather, in the West, and that's uh, that's the Kansas City Ronald McDonald's. We're going to look at the, the Chiefs and what they've been up to. And... Worst uniforms. Oh, They're man. so bad. Yeah, I'm not really sure why they went that route. It, I'm, but some people like the them. Are we just the only two? Like Possibly. They're so bad. They are the worst. It was the 60s, and so I'm going to say that they just made that choice because it seemed fitting for the late 60s color we, scheme or whatever. We might have to talk about uniforms. There's been some uniform oh, we'll changes get there. this year that we'll I like and don't like. Yeah, don't you worry about that. But before we get to that, let's, uh, let's focus on the Chiefs and some of their rookies. Your boy that uh, you're hoping to win a bet with, Sky Moore, hasn't played a ton because he got a little knock. Because they're saving him. Because right. he's a monster and he doesn't need to practice. <laughs> That's right. Well, he is. Uh, again, we don't have a whole lot of news on him, but George Karloftis, as much as you, as much as in mini camps, who where you don't have pads and stuff, you can't necessarily do a ton of deep diving into a guy. But they say he looks the part in the sense of the motor and the sense of the energy. And the dude doesn't quit. He'd probably go, you know, pick up a ball, go sixty yards to the end zone every time too, if they let him on defense. But yeah, he has got a little Damian Harris in him, right? And he's been playing incredibly well for what they've they've been working with. Leo Chanel, their third round uh, linebacker, has been playing well and somebody that the guys are looking at. Trent McDuffie. Looked all right, got a little knock though, and so he will be fine for you know training camp. But he definitely did not do a ton in the uh, in the mini camp. And then a guy that's getting some love on the back end of the roster who might not make it, might be a, a, a practice squad kind of guy, is Isaiah Pacheco, the 
running back that they grabbed in the seventh round, basically he's a Jarek McKinnon clone is what they're saying. Now, he's not at the level of McKinnon, but he's pretty much learning from him right now. So that could be a, a nice pickup for the Chiefs. Injury notes. Legereus Sneed, he's been limited with a knee issue. Same with Josh Gordon, took a knock and left. Uh, and again, more with the hamstring. So those guys are all sort of going to be good by the time we get to the actual uh, the actual year uh, and starting into the, the training camp, the full-on training camp. Uh, another note from the standpoint of guys who come to the team, second-year guys, etc. cetera, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, apparently they're loving his range and his, uh, his ability to get out there and grab the ball. Nothing from uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling because he played at Green Bay last year, and so he must not be very good. But I'm kidding. We just like to pick on Packers. And then, uh, and then also just Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, even with the other guys that have come now into the, the running back room, he's, it's almost like he's got an extra bounce in his step night. He's got more competition. So that's good for the, for the Chiefs to see. There's no doubt. Yeah, because they brought in Ronald Jones, right? Did you say that? Yep. Yep. And they got McKinnon as well. So. Yeah. With all, you talk about good running back rooms. That one has potential to be very Avoid good. Avoid them in fantasy. Yes, you're not going to get many points out of those guys. There's no doubt about that. Stick to the wide receivers. Who do you got uh, over there in Denver? Denver, I feel like the biggest news, well, it's kind of obvious, but mm-hmm. the biggest news in Denver, team is sold, man. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it the Walmart guy? Mm-hmm. I think it was something Walton. Well, I mean, anybody yeah. Walmart-related is going to be Walton. Right, but... Uh... Uh, 4.65 billion for that team. Man, that's the, the only reason I even bring that up is, you know, it's it's. I always get nervous when teams are sold. Right. Like even if it's teams I don't like, like for whatever reason, maybe it's like PTSD from the Oilers moving. <laughs> but it's like I I always worry about them relocating teams. Yeah. And like the Chargers moving from San Diego, like mm-hmm. I don't like that. I don't like the team relocations. Not right. Me. I agree. And I I don't think I was worried about that at all with Denver. I think Denver. That's has, why I'm bringing yeah. it up because I don't think they have any intentions of moving them. Mm-hmm. But you know, I always get nervous when teams sell. Right. So just had to bring that up again. Like I said, almost similar to the the Vegas Raiders here, but I don't really have any rookie news because they didn't have any top picks. So there's nobody mm-hmm. really making any noise, man. That's 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 kind of rough. Uh, as far I do have some news for some players from last year. Yeah. Nothing crazy, but uh, Mr. Sertain mm-hmm. doing Sertain like things is basically <laughs> all I'm hearing. Just like his dad, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, just just crushing it. Just fantastic pick. He was mm-hmm. a great pick they had last year. Um, same thing with Javante Williams. Man, he's playing very good as well. But uh, it seems like. Even the media was kind of getting after uh, Melvin Gordon a bit there, which, mm. by the way, I didn't even realize that Melvin Gordon and Russ Wilson are kind of reunited until yep. this moment right now. They both played together in college, didn't yep, they? Yeah, back at the yeah. uh, good old Wisconsin. <laughs> like Melvin Gordon was answering questions the other the other day, and I heard it, and it's basically like he's getting the vibe that people just like want him to lay down for fantasy purposes and let Javonta Williams just be like a monster, <laughs> and he's like, dude, I'm not going anywhere. Like, right. It's like I'm not just like giving up on this. And oh, he, no. what's crazy is he's still younger than what you think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but another sophomore player, uh, Baron Browning, uh, and that kind of takes me to the vets action too there uh he's learning a ton from bradley chubb and i guess he's developing nice. more than uh well quicker all of a sudden in this little short term than what he had his whole rookie year mm-hmm. but you know bradley chubb he said he's trying to do that because he's trying to do the same thing for baron that von miller did for him nice pay so, it forward bud there you go but speaking of von miller i used to like von miller until <laughs> today oh you see he's at the, the Stanley Cup playoffs wearing an Avalanche jersey. 
Uh, he he did. No, he was in no. Denver for a while. I can't. I'm a Red Wings fan. I know it's, it's so sad, rude. but he was in Denver for a while. It's it's disappointing, but I get what he's doing. But it's okay, yeah. Vaughn. <laughs> they lost. And I, you know, outside of the team selling, you know, like the only like it seems like nobody's nobody's practicing. It's kind of evident because, well, I mean, they're all kind of sort of recovering from some right. injuries, but um, mm-hmm. in one way or another, but. Russell Wilson's praising uh, Kendall Hinton. He's a wide receiver converted from a quarterback. Okay. So it's like, what, Russell Wilson's praising this guy at wide receiver? Like, no Edelman? Judy, no Sutton, nothing like that. Vibe? But then it all kind of made sense. I'll kind of wrap it up by saying mm-hmm. this. It seems like the vibe from the OTAs, again, you know, these aren't like mandatory right. training camps, but it's just more about like getting slash staying healthy. Right. When you think about it, they've got some guys, you know, that – even though it may be a year or so remo- or two years removed from from the injury, they just don't seem to be like they're at 100%. I mean, mm-hmm. you had Jerry Judy who tore his meniscus in 2018. They, you know, Chubb tore his ACL 2019, and then Sutton tore the ACL 2020. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a lot of their big-name guys Yeah, that have had, you know, pretty significant injuries fairly recently. So They may want to stop I that. I think, I think that's why there's a lack of, like, content for yeah. them. They didn't have top draft picks, and everybody, they're like, don't get hurt. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, that's what all I got. I'm going to put Denver. you in bubble wrap for this game. Yeah. All right, Chargers. I still refuse to say where they're located because I don't like it. But the Chargers. See? You know, you see my point. <laughs> why I had to bring up Denver selling. That's right. weird. Yeah, and that's the thing they didn't. The Chargers didn't sell. They just had an ornery owner who wanted out of the one of the greatest cities in America, according to Ron Burgundy. Yep. And we're not going to tell you how it got named, but you can watch the movie. It'll be great. The Chargers, as far as rookies go, Zion Johnson, plug and play at right guard, exactly what they Dude, were expecting. Boston College. Mm-hmm. The only thing for him though is he's moving to the right side. He played left side the entire time Monster. in college. That's fine. Right. He's just saying, it's like, now it's muscle memory. I got to get used to, to doing things on the other side. But it's not it's not done in a, boy, you should be nervous about it. It's like, a, oh, yeah, all right. He'll be good by the time the, the season rolls around. No problem. Isaiah Spiller is still getting tunnel love uh, for the potential compliment he can be with Austin Eckler in the backfield. I don't think it's going to be quite to the level of people being concerned about Eckler from a fantasy standpoint. But... Spiller's a guy to stash towards the end of your your drafts if you've got uh, keeper leagues and stuff like that, or you're doing dynasty stuff, dynasty, whatever. But, for sure. And then you'll appreciate this: Xander Horfath, the fullback, listed as the starter. Yeah, little rookie fullback love. Fullback. Here's what I can tell you about the sophomores, though, because we're talking about that's one of the things we like to do is we're going through these these depth charts, is look at the guys who are making that that second year jump. They have three guys from their sophomore class projected as starters. Who you got? three <laughs> and the third is a bit of a stretch they have asante samuel yep. at corner right they've got rashawn slater at left tackle yep he and then a killer pick by yes way. he was a great pick but and then technically joshua palmer is their third wide receiver I've, i was wondering if palmer was gonna be the third but one. that's my point is like that's 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 what they've got then they got a bunch of backups that, that's that, good from one if you get three starters from one draft well here's the i don't know that there's three starters like joshua palmer i see is like a fringe in today's NFL, with Herbert and the passing offense they have, I mean, I'd call a third wide receiver starter. All right. Well, and again. For uh, the way that team's built and their mm-hmm. makeup and the way they want to play, I would, I would chalk it up as a yeah. starter. But you know who else is still starting and makes me happy? Storm Norton. Storm Norton. Just a great name. Love him. Uh, yeah, and as far as other notes from the Chargers, uh, one person who's very happy about uh, some of the offseason acquisitions is Joey Bosa because now he's got Khalil Mack on the other side. And both of those boys are looking forward to absolutely lighting things up and being able to just kind of unleash on the edges. Is and this the most talented division in football? 
Sorry, I, I mean, mean it's right there, up there. But like the way it really is, I didn't really hit me until we're sitting here talking about these four teams mm-hmm. today and like all the additions they've made and how good they already are. Yeah, this is going to be that. This could very well be one of those. It's going to be interesting because it could be one of those divisions where you have all four teams at or near five hundred or yeah, over five hundred. So who's how are they finishing? But that's the thing. What would you project? <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting on a tangent here, but we got to do it. Eesh. One to four. Who, how are they finishing that? Division? Um. I, um, the Raiders might be fourth, but they could also be first. I don't have it. I got to think it out loud. I, I, I I'm going to go. I'm I think go. I would put San, San Diego. Ah, My goodness. You did it again. How many times? We need a tally. We You're need right. like a, like a, what do they call that? Like the little, the, the jar, like when you mm-hmm. swear, when you say something bad, you got to put a dollar in it. Right. See what the hell happens. <laughs> the Chargers, I would probably put one. And after that, mm-hmm. it's so tough. And mm-hmm. that's not even a confidence that they'd be one. Right. Like they could be four for all I yeah. know. I just, if I had to bet, I would say Chargers one. Mm-hmm. Right. I'd probably still put Kansas City at two. Denver three, Raiders four? Probably. Yeah, probably. see, and I could, you could easily flip flop that. And that's just what's going to be fun. I mean, no, because I'll give Russell Wilson the edge over Derek Carr. Right. But, you know, you give, um, if right now you're going to give Devontae Adams the edge over Jerry, Judy, and everybody else who's still trying to figure out how to catch passes from Russ. So, yeah, if you if it comes down to Russell Wilson versus Derek Carr, I realize Derek Carr might be almost the same as Aaron Rodgers, but it's still Russell Wilson. So, yeah, mm, I guess. Mm, mm, I think that's, I'm still going to put Kansas City one, and then I think I'll do. Should we do a bet? You know, no. Another bomber? No. Chargers in Kansas City? New. No. I bet the Chargers finish above Kansas City. New. No. You can you can drink your own bomber. I am not doing this. Have you did you did you listen to the last five minutes of our podcast mm-hmm. where we talked about how we have no clue how these teams are finishing? Not doing that bet. We'll, we'll cross that bridge <laughs> closer to the season. <laughs> we'll, we'll look at that when we get closer to the season. So, anything else that you want to talk about with the Chargers besides no. trying to make chicken noises? No, I just okay. uh, had to. Derail you from your uh-huh. thought process. I don't even know where you were Appreciate going anymore. It. There's uh, there's also some that yeah, we talked about there. The second year guy that's that's starting, Josh Palmer, is getting some love oh, yeah. in training camp. He's definitely coming out more confident, and so that should be great for them to see. And that kind of wraps us up with our our look through the East and the West. Next week we're going to do the NFC teams, starting off with the North and the South, and we'll go from there. But uh, to wrap up the day today, because I was going to do basketball, but you snuck that in the front end. I couldn't hold it in. We got to talk a little bit of beer because we're drinking yeah. and slowly, slowly sipping on this big bad Baptist. What was it? What kind of jam again? Double. No, yeah, no, no. double jam. The yeah, double jam. The double jam. And I'm okay with it. It's a good sipping beer, and that got us thinking before when we cracked this open. We were talking about what beer topic are we going to talk about today? Because one of the challenges with us is there's so many different things we can talk about with beer. We're trying to keep it focused so we're not scattered all over the place, but. The, uh, the we're talking about the topic of like the sippers. So this is an eleven percenter. So some beers that you would sip on, and don't a lot of people think that those are only winter beers. They're summer beers too. They're campfire beers or whatever. But some beers that you would sip on. So we each kind of grabbed three that we want to talk about briefly. Go ahead. What well, right before we get into that, though, I feel like I got to give a little brief r- review okay. of this Big Bad Baptist Double Jam. So I've said many times that you know the the. Fruity-ish beers are mm-hmm. definitely and not my wheelhouse. Sure. But uh, I will say this, though. They named it beautifully because right. I, I truly feel like I can taste two different types of fruit in here. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I didn't read that it was raspberries and blackberries, if I would say those two. Right. But I'm like, man, there's there's a couple different fruits mm-hmm. going on in this thing. You can taste it, which is impressive, in a stout. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I don't mind it. Okay. Like if I were to rate it on Untapped, like I think I'd probably put it like the three point two five range. Sure. I think I go at least a three five. I really, I I don't mind um, this one. But the Tawiba Epic Brewing, sorry, mm-hmm. for those of you who don't know, it's in Utah, right? right? Yeah. Which ironically comes from an area of the country you don't associate uh, alcohol with. Well, and again, Big Bad Baptist <laughs> is the important part because they do have a lot of uh, of different versions of that one. Yeah. So, I don't know. So, I Epic is definitely uh, also in Denver. So, it's it's got a couple different places. I'm trying to figure out where, where it's actually located, so apologies. Guys, oh, right but... here on the side of the bottle. It says, brewed and bottled by Epic Brewing, Salt Lake City, Utah, and Denver, Colorado. Go. All right. So at least yeah. half of that we associate with booze. Yeah. And Maybe Salt Lake City, it. for those of you that, that haven't gotten a chance to get out to that part, I'm not, but I just had a friend uh, who moved there, and it's a cool town. Like, th- there's a lot of the state that's, you know, that's very much country, very much rural, very much Mormon, very much not drinking, et cetera. But Salt Lake City is that little weird pocket in that state. And, I, you know, just to wrap up the Big Bad Baptist talk here, I think the reason why, you know, I'm leaning like a 3, 3.25 mm-hmm. range is just because I, I know you haven't had it, but I've had a couple of the other versions uh, of the Big Bad Baptist. And this is, I like the others better. Sure. Like, while this is good, I mm-hmm. prefer the other ones that I've right. tried. So I'll be curious to see where that chocolate mint one, Yeah, how, and that's, how that stacks up against all of them. And that's one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast, like, as an overarching theme of things. Like, so many people say, oh, this is a great beer. It's like, that's because you haven't tried great beer. Correct. It's nothing personal. We're not trying to be rude or anything. But it's like, sometimes you think a beer is good because you haven't actually had good beer. I mean, honest question. I'll ask you right now, mm-hmm. live on the podcast. Sure. Did you even know there were multiple versions of the Big Bad Baptist? I did only because we saw the whole uh, chocolate peanut butter thing. So I figured there were multiple. I didn't know oh, how okay. many multiple there are. Okay. But yeah. Okay. So now we can get into this talk of the, okay. the what would we call it? The summer sippers? Summer sippers. And these okay. are these are and again, we're using that for alliteration. These don't have to be in the summertime. A lot of people think that high uh, alcohol content beers should be in the wintertime, whatever. I disagree with that. I think you do it anytime. But these are ones you're you're not gonna quickly slam you're gonna right. slow roll through these partially because they are they're 12 10 etc percent beers so you're not going to want to drink them fast well, foreshadowing i cheated i'm sure you did i'm used to you cheating <laughs> uh, but uh. i'm going to start out with one close to home and we haven't talked about we're only doing three each we're just going to do a quick little six mixy sixy get out we haven't talked about it so we'll see if we overlap at all but one of mine is lizard of cos oh Loved that one from Fantastic. Founders. The yeah. thing is, though, is every time I think of Lizard of Cos, hey, literally the only time I've ever found Lizard of Cos yep. in a store, and this is a Michigan beer, and I live in Michigan, mm-hmm. so that's crazy to even say. The only time I've ever found it, though, mm-hmm. is one day of the year, pretty much, or at least around that day, because the only day of the year I've ever sipped it has been on Thanksgiving. I've done it three times. There you go. I've had it during the Lions game on Thanksgiving three times. It's the only right. time I've ever had that beer. But I am going to say that if you can find it this time of year, I would sip it. It's still going to be good, even if it's from last November. Yeah, you'll stout, be fine. Stout store well, right? They're exactly. not. They have shelf life. So get yourself a Lizard of Cos. Maybe get yourself a four pack in November this year, and then save one for the summertime. You'll understand what we're talking about. What about you? What do you got? Oh, we're gonna go one for one here. All right. Of course. Uh, I am not. I'm gonna go with something that doesn't have the shelf life of mm-hmm. a stout. Um, we talked. We you know we just recently did our little flight fight, if you will. Yes. Um, I was a bit surprised. The, my biggest shocker was that uh, I think the two hearted came in mm-hmm. second place, but obviously I do just a two hearted here. But the double two hearted oh, since I started putting that out in the uh-huh. summer, you know, it's only it's like right at eleven percent. It's it's a beast. But double two hearted is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would 
be as bold to say had now this is a double IPA, but had it been in that seven, mm-hmm. was it seven? It, it was six? a seven pack because seven you cheated. Pack, yeah, I cheated. They would have won. Mm-hmm. I feel pretty confident saying that it was better than all the ones that we had. I believe you. I'm not going to argue that point. Um, my next one is one that you've talked about that I haven't tried yet, but I've tried the normal version of it. Is uh, the the bourbon barrel age 1050? Mm. I see. So good. I didn't think you'd complain about that. No. And again, I haven't I tried it yet. That sucker year round. Yeah, I can't. I can't uh, talk to Oscar that one. Blues. But you can. Yes. Apparently, I need to go to Denver. The thing that I like about the the barrel aged uh, 1050 is my favorite. So I just talked about how I don't like the the fruitier mm-hmm. beers. Period. Even if it is a stout, they did do this well. But my favorite style of beer i've always said is is an ipa mm-hmm. but if i'm really truly being honest with myself it's more so those like basic oatmeal stouts like where you don't throw in peanut butter chocolate milk or milk mm-hmm. you get like blackberries raspberry just a plain like oatmeal <laughs> stout like an mm-hmm. irish stout or something like that that has all the natural like normal stout flavors mm-hmm. but then you barrel age this with bourbon which is what i love Mm-hmm. Like it's it's just perfect, man. It's so good. I want one now. <laughs> I will trade my twenty dollar Big Bad Baptist for one can of they are then. barrel aged ten fifty. Sorry, Epic Brewing. <laughs> uh, my number two on my list is a beer we almost bought yesterday, mm-hmm. but we decided not to because we knew we were going to have a handful of drinks yesterday. And this one mm-hmm. is what you it packs a punch. I know you're talking about already. You do? Yeah. What you got? You're you're going out to Delaware, aren't you? I am going to Delaware. Dogfish Head, one twenty minute IPA. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I really need to cover this one. I feel like this is pretty much nationwide known as one of the best yeah. IPAs. But the one thing Monster. I will remind everybody is, even though it's well known, got to remind them because I forget this myself. Eighteen <laughs> percent. That's a problem, isn't it? Yeah. Dang it! Look at okay. it's ish. It's it floats okay. in like the sixteen to eighteen and a half. I instantly thought I was lying. So, no, you're good. It's, but it's it's right there. I know it's up there because right. I know it's almost like twenty percent. For some reason, I just thought paid many. And for those of you right, and for those of you that don't drink those kinds of beers very often, to equate it to this is like the the strength of a liqueur. So the kind of stuff you do for the <laughs> sweet shooters, yeah. So if you do for your sweet shooters, the Kahluas and the Puckers and things like that, that's a beer. And yes. usually you're doing an ounce. Now you're doing 12 ounces. It will knock you on your keister if you're not paying attention. That's why this is a sipper. Take your time with that one. That's why they sell them in the four packs. And then you still mm-hmm. sometimes get bold enough to drink the four pack like I did with 17% <laughs> triple mash dragon's milk. Which, oh, that could have made this list. Mm-hmm. That could have made this list. There's a bunch of them. I'm going to go, I'm going to keep with the stout route though. Because I knew you'd pick the, the 120 so I didn't have to talk about it myself. Right. I'm going to go another one that I haven't tried the the bourbon barrel version of, but you have ah some narwhals, narwhals, narwhals. I'm not going to get the song stuck in my head again. There goes there goes the rest of my afternoon. Yup, <laughs> you're going to wake up from your nap thinking about narwhals. Oh, but yeah, goodness. so Sierra Nevada, the bourbon barrel aged narwhal that they have is the 13 percent. It's a big bad beast, and it's it's the narwhal. The narwhal is such a good stout. It just the base one is really good, and that one's easy to find. The bourbon barrel age one, obviously harder, but again, same thing. One that you can find, sip on it, you'll enjoy yourself. Yep, I did. Yep. All right, what's your last one? Last one's the one where I'm cheating on. It of did not so. hit the benchmark of eleven percent, or at least double digit. Technically, the cause was only ten five. Ooh, so. so you cheated and didn't even own up to it. So no, I think liar, no, no, no. We changed it to ten percent. Cheater liar. 
once I saw the cause, it was You're 10 You're blasphemous, cheater, liar, uh, what you did to the, the wait, Patriots. About the, the, the New York Patriots? Dude. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> but you said it the other way. Yeah. No, I did. I was just doing that to mess with you. Yeah. So now you doubled down on it. I doubled up. It. Yep. See how you are. Um, so the reason I cheated here, this beer is only coming in at 9.1%, so it's okay. even under yours. But if I had to say what my all-time favorite, and I hate to be a homer, but if yeah. I had to say my all-time favorite beer, I don't think we've ever truly even mentioned it. Okay. We've mentioned it, but mm-hmm. we haven't like reviewed it, if you will, and I don't know if we're even really truly reviewing them or just sharing our we're thoughts on what we like. Now. But shorts, super fluid. Now, we all know <laughs> that my love for, for Huma, but that's just because it's like a flagship year-round sure. availability. I can go anywhere, anytime, and it's there. Mm-hmm. But when you can get super fluid in season, and when we were buying beer yesterday, I saw they had one mm-hmm. last six-pack of it left. And I remind you, this is super fluid seasons, usually like December, January, February. Right. So it's still not going to taste as good because IPAs, again, the shelf life's not exactly there. Right. But um, you can you can still do it, you know, six yeah, months out, but I wouldn't good, push it. Yeah, I may have to drive back there today <laughs> just to get that and store it. Because, man, I'm telling you, <clears throat> super fluid is, is basically another, the first beer I talked about was Michigan as well. So, man, I am being the homer right now. But, again, it's but, good beer here. <clears throat> yes, Bell's double two-hearted. Obviously, is the double version of two hearted, mm-hmm. but super fluid in theory is like the double like Huma in a way. Yeah, I know the double Huma is uh, the ah uh, yeah, right? Specifically, but it's just the double IPA by mm-hmm. Shorts. It is so crisp and clean. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know what it is. Like it definitely has that hoppy finish, but like any t- there's a refreshingness to it. True, sure. and that's weird to say at nine point one percent too. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just. I love it. The right. Liberator's close to it, but Superfluid, probably yep. my favorite beer, period, all time. There you go. And so that kind of walks us through some sippers. You guys can uh, feel free to take some notes there. If you have other opinions on that, let us know. We will have uh, a little conversation with you to see if we can add stuff in there if we're missing some things. And next week, again, we're going to get into the other divisions in the NFL. Maybe we'll have some more notes on the NBA if something comes up crazy. Round of applause for Troy Weaver. Hey, Troy, well done, sir. Man, if only... No, it's, it's good. We're Not good. Enough. Things are trending in the right direction. Let's leave it at that. Have a good weekend, everybody. We'll see you next week.